You can't uh, get anything going if you're not recording. We're hot. Um, I'd like to kick things off by, you know, just shouting out some of our local friends, um, their shops, because that's, you know, the backbone of what keeps this shit going. Absolutely. Uh, Craig and Heather over at Driveline, uh, they're out of Big Chimney, West Virginia. Um, They make all of our drive shafts. They did yours too, didn't they? They did my rear. They did your rear. I front myself because I'm yeah, cheap. because you buggy boy. <laughs> um, they've made multiple of mine through, like, quite a few of my builds. They've done Zach's on his uh, Wrangler. Um, they've done a whole bunch of them. Oh, you've got another light going out over there. Yeah. Are these the same Amazon ones you were telling me about yeah, before? Don't, don't buy them. <laughs> um, we'd also like to send a shout-out to Eric Beck at Beckfab out of Culloden, West Virginia. Killer work. Doing some amazing cage work here lately. Um, the one the one he had here lately was a little controversial. Some people were. Which one was that? The, the one that has like a three-inch window on it because the roof's so low. I think it looks sick, honestly. Yeah, teach the room. Yeah, and I mean, it'll keep all the shit out of the cab when you're riding in it. So, um, Another shout-out to Corey Cunningham, Atlas Off-Road in Winfield. Um, known Corey for years and years. Good dude. Um, good dude, does good work. Um, yeah. Winfield, West Virginia, right across from the locks there. Yeah, he does everything. Um, I think he does – he still does some fab work. I haven't really fab been down there in a long time. You need a set of tires. Yeah, tires. Definitely if you need some tires done, he can hook you up. Well, um, he dabbles in a little bit of everything, really. Yeah, he does a little bit of all of it. Charge shots. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, he can charge shocks. ORIs too, can't he? He's yeah. got the stuff to do ORIs. So if you need ORIs done, that's your man. Um, you want to kick off the introduction? Tell me, tell us, tell everyone who you are. Yeah. So I'm Adam Bartram. Um, always been right here in West Virginia. Um, kind of been in wheeling. It, it sounds bad, but uh, as far back as back as I can remember, I've been four-wheelers trucks whatever it's kind of what my family did and as soon as i got old enough to start turning wrenches there i was trying to do my own four-wheelers always, always in the redneckery <laughs> uh, yeah that's how it started uh you know 16 i had a 90s model obs with five Ooh. speed and 33s so naturally you have to go put it in the mud every weekend yeah. i'm a sucker for a square body it was the obs yeah square body was next and then, as soon as I got out of high school, I ended up decided to build a big dumb mud truck. <laughs> I think we all start out mud hitting the mud holes and mud bogs. Eighty-seven square body. When I got it, it was half ton automatic. Within a year, it got one toned on, with a four speed and cut boggers. Always the cut boggers. I had boggers once too. I think everybody. I think it's like yeah, a rite of right passage, passage. Yeah. to own a set of boggers at some point. Everybody your, needs to know what a tractor is like. Yes, on the blacktop. Yes, rattle your teeth out. Then from there, that that lasted about as long as it took to bolt the tires on. It just sat and it got sold. You just get bored with it, or just life kind of. Apparently, I like building them. Yeah, I just build them and start over. That's like. It's like 90% of the fun of it. Because when you get done, you can just take a step back and look at it, and it's just like, ah, oh, I did that. Yep. Fortunately, the one behind me is I'm stuck with it. It was too expensive. Yeah, she's uh, she's a beaut, Clark. That's uh, that's a hell of a buggy you got there. Um, let's segue into that. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Um, as soon as the mud truck life ended, it was off to the side-by-sides and the golf oh, carts. Oh, yeah. The first one was your typical put lights on it, stereo. Yeah. Booze cruise on the weekend. The the five thirty crowd cruiser. Oh yeah. <laughs> and quickly bought another. That one's kinda where it started. When I bought it, I started looking into suspension and aftermarket sway bars, dual rate springs, clutch kits. Wanted low speed crawling. Yeah. And CVTs don't work out for that. Yeah, CVTs kind of get a little hot when you go slow and, and let that belt slip a little bit. And then I stumble upon a 93 ZJ. Yes, the ZJs. 500 bucks. 
Damn, you paid five hundred for that. Yeah, that thing run. was that thing was clean. The only rust as far as the chassis that was on it was a little bit in the rocker, which I cut out. Yeah, they all have that. My my white one has that, but I'm cutting it all out for the. And this slide. was when Truck Night in America was happening. You remember that show? There was a ZJ on there, wasn't there? Here, not that long ago. Maybe. Maybe a couple years ago. That's the one where they start out like. Uh, they do like yeah, like five wide. They go through obstacle courses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember watching that. So I'm sitting there, and at this point, I got offered the Jeep, and I was like, "No, I don't need it." And I start watching this show, and I'm like, "You know, you could get an old Jeep and put a lift kit and 35s on it, and you could do this." And then I buy the ZJ. <laughs> dun dun dun. <laughs> it starts with I'm looking at. Like rough country, short arms, stuff like that. And this is when I meet Corey at Atlas. And he turned you the correct he direction. Has, he had that red one, and I believe yours sitting down there. So I'm like, I'm going to talk to My green guy. one was sitting down there? Was this when I was across the pond? Maybe. Yeah. Um, 2019. This might have been before I met you. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah. So he turns me on to Iron Rock Off-Road with a picture of your Jeep holding the spring on the ramp. <laughs> I'm like, yep, that's the one. That's 33s with a silver door. <laughs> so next thing you know, this $500 Jeep turns into a thousands and thousands of dollars later after it became a Rubicon. Axle swap and long-armed, roll cage, you name it. I'm still jealous of that 241 transfer case. Oh, it made that Jeep. Oh, man. Without it, it would have been useless. I want to do it to mine so bad. They're high rent. Yeah. And I wheeled it probably five times. And went, nope, that ain't it. Sold it. And what did you What did you not like about it? Small tires. So on, was it on 35s or 33s? 35s. Okay. I couldn't remember. It was on small tires with 411s. I didn't like the 4.0, and after I sat down and thought about it, trying to cram bigger tires, trying to put something different drivetrain-wise, just went, no, this ain't it. Found this TJ as a bare frame and a tub, and I was like, that's it. I can make it what I want. Now, where'd you find it, where'd you find it at? No, uh, up around Wheeling. Because I remember one day you sent me a message, and you were like, look what I got, and it's just a picture of a tub on a trailer, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Down the rabbit hole he goes again. Yeah, you want to talk about a pissed-off girlfriend? We're going to buy a Jeep, and I bring home a frame. Yeah. You with can't a, wheel that. With a title. <laughs> and I crunched and crunched, and about a year and a half put it together. The way I, it I remember getting, like, now you were on night shift at that oh, point yeah. in time. So I, I, I recall you come home pretty early or got, went to work pretty early, came home pretty late. Yeah. But I would get, like, I think at some point I would get messages and pictures. It was every morning. At, like, 4 o'clock in the morning. And I wouldn't get them until, like, 5 or 6 when I would wake up to go to work. And I'm like, damn, that dude's still working on that right now. Every morning. I, would, I was, got off anywhere from 4 to 5 in the morning, so what, there's nothing to do. Yeah. As much as I hated that shift, if it hadn't been for that. This probably still wouldn't be done. Yeah. You just had all the free time in the world because nothing was going on during the day. Pretty much every Monday through Friday, I was out here every morning. And then Friday evening, Saturday evening, I was out here. It uh, wasn't easy, but... I feel like maybe like a month. And you had a frame that, mind you, you also put motorbelt ends on... On it, didn't you? It was a moto built. No, it came with the front half. Okay, so the front half was already done on it. It was welded out, ready. And to you go. did you back half it, or was it Not just yet. the factory? Okay. Um, I remember like thinking, probably like a month in, and you had already had it like sitting on links and axles, kind of I, mocked up under it. I don't even think the axles had been stripped yet. I brought it home early May, and by July. Mid-July, it was sitting on one tons. Yeah. The links, shock mounts, all that. Just fucking grinding. <laughs> That's, that was the Dana 60. Yeah. Let's talk about this whiskey we're drinking. This is delicious. Four Roses Single Barrel. Single Barrel. I like that. Where's it out of? Kentucky. Kentucky, of course. They are a 
Um, can't think of it. They make Buffalo Trace. Buffalo oh, Trace okay. So it's the same distillery. Yeah. Nice. All the good stuff comes from Buffalo Trace. Yeah. I don't think I've, I don't think I've tried Buffalo Trace, but more than like maybe one time. I think Zach has a bottle of it. Buffalo. He might have actually just dropped the bottle of it off at my house the other day. He did during yeah. planning the podcast. Okay, that's what I thought. <clears throat> uh, Buffalo Trace is good. Um, it's I feel like it's more of their bottom end. Um, their Eagle Rare, Four Roses. I mean, they make them all. Yeah. But good stuff. It's my yeah. Go-to. I like that. I'm gonna have to give me a bottle of that for my collection. It's my go-to higher one. <laughs> It's a small collection, but I'm getting it there. It usually stays on the counter with some wild turkey. Yeah, dude, wild turkey's a classic. That was my first whiskey. Wild my turkey first 101 just slaps. Yeah. I remember when I was a little kid, um, if my dad's listening, I think we've talked about this before, but if not, surprise. Uh, we had a bottle of wild turkey in our freezer downstairs at my old house that I grew up in. It was a three-story house, but it was small. So it was like the way the house was set up, it was on a hill. And down in the basement, there was a playroom that I had that my dad had set up. And that's where my friends and I hung out. It's where I played video games and all that kind of stuff as a kid in the 90s. Um, best time ever. Facts. Um, and just on the other side of the wall was the garage. And that's where the garage fridge, as we all have, uh, resided. And... I was probably high school, early high school, maybe, maybe a little bit before that. And I remember seeing that bottle in there and I was like, I want to try that just because it made me feel cool, you know? Yeah. And I tried it and I was like, dang, that's kind of, I get it. And I don't know why. Downhill from there. Yeah. And I remember one time my dad caught me. He figured out that I was drinking it. He figured out that it was like getting a little bit lower in the bottle there. And he asked me about it and I said, yeah. So I guess he, he wanted to show me try to teach me and I remember one day he I don't remember the details about it. this is a long time ago but he had set up a shot glass and poured me a shot and he said all right well if you want to drink here you go and he set it down in front of me and I remember I took that first shot and set it down for him to fill it back up again and he said all right we're done <laughs> mistakes have been made yeah he figured out he's like oh shit this kid is not gonna stop um, so yeah, uh, shout out to dad for being really cool and understanding. Um, right he, passage. Yeah. Most, most people I think back then would have got their ass beat, but he was kind of like, you know, give it a go. You want to try it? You want to try it? You can try it here with me. Right. So he was cool for that. Appreciate that. Um, so you got the axles and you started building those. I haven't quite built them yet. They're trussed and everything, but I still got to get in the internals. They're just welded. Yeah. So front and rear are welded now. Oh yeah. I remember you were the rear was still open. Our last yeah, trip I got, out. Wasn't I it? got impatient. Yeah. The last trip we went out together, it was still open. Have you taken it out since you welded the rear? Nope. Oh man. So the itch. Patiently waiting. Yeah. I was ready for that. Well, I will wrap up this TJ, and then we can circle over to you. Yeah. So. My current setup is a 06 TJ, sitting on Super Duty tons, 16-inch coilovers, four-link front and rear, 6.0, turbo 400, Atlas four-speed. It's got a Exofab cage in it. How was that to put together? Did it fit pretty well, or? I had to modify one tube, and I think it was my own fault, Not nothing on there. Just kind of placed it in the wrong spot, and... Yeah. It was, uh, they tell you it requires some modifications, but. I mean, I, how, how perfect is a. I was happy about kit. that because most companies like, oh, it bolts right in and then it yeah. doesn't. But no, it went right in. No complaints. It looks killer on that. Jet, and I can still Jeep. put a soft top on it. Yeah. That's, so is that a, is that an Amazon top or was that a. Yeah. Yeah. hundred and fifty bucks. And it looks just as good as a factory one. And a, uh, dumpster, uh frame find yeah that 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 was we were sitting 
And I don't know if Zach actually gave you the details of how he came across that he framing. Just said he dug it out of a dumpster. So we're sitting in my garage one day, and this guy shows up in this car. Nobody knows who he is, and I know the people that own the dumpster. It's the daycare across the street from my house, and I'm friends with the with the son of the family. And um, usually he shows up and he uses the trash can. It wasn't him. It wasn't anybody in the family. It was just some random person showed up and just dropped some metal next to the dumpster. And we're sitting there, and I can't remember what we were working on, but we had reached a down downtime in it where we were just kind of chilling and collecting ourselves. And Zach just like has this epiphany that comes across him, and he stops mid sentence, and he goes, "That's a TJ Wrangler top frame sitting over there." And I'm I said, "What?" Zach. I said, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I was like, "Are you sure?" I was like, "It just looks like a couple tubes just laying over there in the in the gravel." And he's like, "Yeah, no, that definitely is." And he walked over. He looked at it, and I was like, was it broken? And he's like, no, it's in perfect shape. So he just snatched it up, took it home. He's like, hell, maybe I'll smash my you know, top in one day. I might need this or something. And you were talking about it one day, and he's like, as a matter you. of fact, I have one that I found in a dumpster. Yeah, so if you're listening and threw a TJ top away in St. Albans, thanks. Yeah, it is, it is now on a giant buggy on 43-inch stickies. Forgot to add that. Yeah, yeah. It's, got, it's, it's got stickies. Those are the important details. Yes. That's like the flex. You gotta gotta make sure to add sticky in there. That's why I put it on the fridge. <laughs> so the engine, is it a truck motor or is it all aluminum? It started life as a truck motor. Okay. L Y six Gen four block. Completely rebuilt. Brand I mean, down to the cam bearings. It's got new cam bearings, mains, rod bear everything's new. Um it's got LS3 heads on it. Uh, BTR truck Norse camshaft. And it makes beautiful noises. Oh, yeah. It's got the chop chop. Oh, yeah. Um, it's running on the Holly Terminator. And then the Turbo 400, obviously no computer. But it's mildly built. It's got stage three clutches and steels, all factory shafts, but reverse manual valve body. Yeah. And that is uh, very nice, but taking some getting used to. Yeah. So what converter is this? Is it a stall converter, I'm assuming? Stall converter. It was kind of a gray area, folding a 2010 engine to a 80s transmission. Yeah. So. Had it been done? Is it a pretty common yeah, yeah. yeah it's okay, I'm not. I'm not really too versed in the LS swap. It got a 2500 stall. I tried to split the difference in what BTR recommended for the camshaft and what a factory stall would be for a six liter setup. Yeah, the old 400s were much lower because the old small blocks they they didn't make power the same. Yeah, they just don't make it down low. Like so the... it sounds like a lot for a 400, but it's to match the engine. Yeah. And you said your Atlas four speed. Three eight case. So I've got one to one, two seven two to one, three eight to one, and ten three to one. <laughs> ten three to one sick. Yeah, the super duty brakes don't like ten three to one. Yeah, I remember you telling me it just drives itself through the brakes. Yeah, you can't stop it. So for the brakes, what are you running just the TJ master cylinder or did you upgrade that? What it's got an early Dodge three quarter ton van master cylinder on it. Okay. It's not ideal. Eventually, I need to upgrade to something better and a better proportional valve, but it works for now. I did the Ram 2500 Brakemaster Cylinder in my ZJ on 37s with half-ton axles, and I am not as impressed as I thought I would be with it. That's where I am with that. It's, it's okay, but like it's more. It's minimally better than the stock master cylinder. was. Now, granted, to be fair, that Jeep that I have will stop. It's... Probably over 5,000 pounds with the bumpers on it. And it will stop when I need it to, as good as a stock ZJ would. But, I mean, you know, of course, we always want more. I was also only running in 3.8 on my transfer case, so that'll make a difference. Yeah. So, future plans for this thing. Wheel it. Yeah. Wheel it would be nice. That lockers. Would be pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. Lockers. I plan to do lockers, gears, and axles all at one go. Kind of goes hand in hand, so. Yeah, it's full hydro. Full hydro. Full hydro steer. Once the, I'd say once the factory Super Duty shaft leaves the chat, that's when I'll worry about gears, lockers, and all yeah. that. 
You gonna do fifteen fifties in it, or is that what your axle is at? Oh five. I okay. can. I don't. I don't know yet. Yeah. Undecided there. I've been seeing a lot of people say here lately um, that the fifteen fifties are not worth it ever just going RCVs. Maybe if this podcast makes us rich, I can uh, do <laughs> RCVs. Yeah. Hell yeah. But until then. <laughs> I'd love to throw a set of RCVs. JW, shout out to you. If you still have those waggy RCVs, I would love to buy them. <laughs> now that I actually have my shit together and can buy them. <laughs> that pretty much covers mine. Let's talk about you. Um, well, my name is Julian Skinner. Um, I have grown up around the Taze Valley area and now reside in St. Albans. Um, I have been in the United States Air Force since 2008. Um, that was part-time up until 2018, where I am now an AGR, so I am full-time active duty at the Air National Guard. I love it. It is a cool-ass job. I work on a C-130, and it is fun. <clears throat> My off-roading started when I was a little kid as well. Um, I remember when I was younger, my dad and I would always go to the half of McCoy trails. It was like an every other weekend event for us. We had four wheelers and dirt bikes. And I remember very vaguely, um, I had a friend named Jeremy, um, rest in peace. He passed away a couple years ago. Um, he had some medical issues going on. Um, great dude. I mean, this guy could make anybody laugh. It doesn't matter how shitty of a person you are. He can figure out a way to make you laugh. Just People funny. Like that are hard to beat. Yeah, man. He was just, he was one of a kind. He was a special kind of person. And he was just too much for the world to handle. Um, He had a Honda Trail 90 from like, I don't know, maybe like the 60s or 70s or something. This yes. thing was old as shit. And I had a TTR 125 that my dad bought me when I was a kid. And we rode everywhere. And I remember we went to, what's the one on 119 just across from Ivy Branch? Little Cole. Little Cole. So we went to Little Cole. At the, at the time, it was something different. They had a different name for it. Um, we were coming down a hill climb, and it was really rocky. And the brake lever on those old Trail 90s, it was like, it was connected to the brake lever on the actual chassis side. And then it had a long tube that would go up in front of the peg. So it was basically a bar that rest under the foot peg. So when you push down that whole ass bar would go down with it. And I remember he was coming down a hill and he hit the brakes and nothing would happen. And it was because every time he would hit the brakes, a rock would hit it and shove the brake pedal back up and he could not slow down. So Jeremy just decided to just beef it. Cause he's like, he's starting to pick up a lot of speed going down this hill. So he just beefed it, blew his kneecap open. And it was like, mm. like we, we ended up getting him back and wrapped him up and everything. Got him back to the trailhead, got him in the bathhouse and started cleaning it up. And it was like, you could just see all the way down to his bone and the meat and stuff. And it was, it was gnarly. That was like my first experience with like a gnarly, you know, yeah, it's not yeah injury like that. So we got him, we got him home, got him to the hospital. They got him stitched up and he was good. Um, but I remember I used to go with my dad all the time and he had started out with dirt bikes. And as he got older, he switched to four wheelers. Um, we went to the rock house trail one time and that was a huge mistake on dirt bikes. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, it was it's basically rough. like a rock crawling trail that we were trying to ride single track dirt bikes on. Fun fact. I bought a Can-Am Outlander cheap because it got totaled there. Oh, did they roll it down a hill. That is um, a common occurrence around here. I remember we would always go down to Logan area and when we would drive by, there was a massive like hill climb just on the other side of the river down there. And uh, I remember one day we went by and there was like hundreds of people over there. And then I found out later it was actually in a magazine, I guess, like dirt something magazine. It was like a four-wheeler magazine. And there was people there with like stretched out dirt bikes and quads and stuff hitting oh, the hill. Dude, it was the coolest experience of my life as a kid. I've seen those in person. Yeah. It's, it's, if you've never seen that in person or heard the engines I have on those, 
Um, I don't, I don't really know a whole lot about the small engine stuff, but these were not small engines. Like this stuff they had on here, some of them had like crotch rocket engines on them and stuff. Yeah. They don't mess around. Yeah. It was gnarly. Um, so eventually I kind of got to the point where I got my license, got in high school and everything. And I wanted to go drive around and, you know, hang out with the girlies and hang out with my buds and, you know, campfires and, you know do as teenage boys do. And, uh, I had a 1994 Toyota pickup truck, two wheel drive, finally made vehicle. Yes. And I'm obligated to say that Toyotas are fucking awesome. Like, I know I talk shit, but Toyotas are fucking cool. And I really want to fun fact. I'm actually trying to sell my diesel Volkswagen. If anybody wants a TDI for cheap, let me know. Um, I'm trying to sell my Volkswagen so that I can buy a Lexus GX 470 off a guy I work with. Are those the ones that are like a Land Cruiser? Uh, so it's it's what would be considered a Prado. It's like what a Prado would be in in Australia and Middle East and stuff. Um, it's the same chassis as a Prado. I guess there's like a misconception. I was doing a little bit of research. So if I'm wrong, don't flame me in the comments or you know, burn me alive. Do it. <laughs> or do whatever. I like to troll people. Um, so as far as I understand, it's not a forerunner. However, it uses a lot of forerunner suspension components. Um, the chassis itself is based off a of Prado. Um, it has the 4.7 V8, I think. Um, it's a two UZ, uh, <clears throat> Pretty good engine. I mean, it's the million mile motor that was in like the Tundra and stuff. Um, they'll run forever. So that's kind of the reason why I want one. Um, I built the current Jeep to be like an overlandy, but it's also kind of like a rock lander. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know what step that thing will take if I do end up with this Lexus, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll see when we get there. Um, I would just solid axle swap it and LS it, but that's just me. <laughs> or Hemi. I would love to put a Hemi in it. Keep it. Keep it. Uh, it's your wallet. I don't care. Yeah. My wallet is not that deep. <laughs> um. So I had a 94 Toyota pickup truck, and looking back, I absolutely hate the fact that I was a teenager with that truck because it had like 50,000, 60,000 miles on it. Yeah, dude. This thing was pristine. Some old dude owned it. It was immaculate when I had it. I did burnouts in it and neutral drops and blew the transmission out of it. I broke a Toyota with 40,000 miles on it. <laughs> Fun fact. I spent my high school graduation money buying a clutch that I ripped the center disc out of doing senior burnouts. Oh, dude. That's awesome. You have to do something big for senior stuff. It was a good burnout. However, the clutch wasn't happy after that. So, graduation money got to buy a clutch. Do as you do. So, oh, this whiskey is so good. Um, yeah, maybe not slide that thing across the table with the mic on it. Where so, uh, so then uh, I kind of went through a phase of my life where I was really into cars and really wanted to do stuff. I um went to Lima, Ohio. For the, what was that school called? The University of Northwestern Ohio. I remember seeing that. I went there because at the time it was a really hot school. Um, and I took a test where you sit down in this room and there's like a hundred other people in the room and you take a test. And um, whoever scores the highest on it gets a scholarship or it's like the, the top three or whatever. It gets scholarship. So I took that test and decided that I wanted to join the military for some reason. Um, the only thing that I remember was saying that I didn't want to join or didn't want to go there because I didn't want to move so far away from home. So I decided to join the military where I was gone. Plot twist. For a year. <laughs> Dumb as fuck. To be fair, I was a really stupid kid. Uh, not much has changed. I'm still dumb. I'm just smarter about the dumb choices I make. Uh, they're calculated. They mistakes. are calculated errors. <laughs> um, let's fast forward a little while. I got into cars for a long period of time. I came home. I had a legacy GT 
which I thought was the coolest fucking car in the world. And um, I did not know fuck all about performance cars like I thought I did, as we all do. So um, I blew it up three times. Uh, learned my lesson. Uh, third time, some things happened and the car went away forever. Um, I bought a Lexus IS 300, five speed manual transmission, uh, was a V one or the, whatever the one ninety diff or whatever. I can't remember whatever the good LSD rear end was that came in those. Um, and I absolutely beat the dog shit out of that car. I lowered it a little bit more, um, bought it off a guy that was local that already had some stuff done. He is very displeased with what I did to that car. Um, looking back, rightfully so, because that car was super clean when I got it. And, and then it wasn't. Yeah. And then I slammed on its nuts, stanced it, and drifted it and beat the shit out of it. I never did get into the cars. Yeah. I've always been in trucks and lifted. And- it's, a, it's a weird, like... It's a really weird scene because you have some people that are cool. Like I went yeah, for I've a while. Never agreed with car people. Yeah. So I went through that whole phase of building a. Okay, so the battery died. Yeah. Um, so we have cheap batteries. So. <laughs> so plug it in from now on. We're learning. We're new. We don't know what to do. We are definitely figuring this podcasting thing out. So. And we are li- man. If you've listened this far, my hats off to you. <laughs> we appreciate it. It might get better. It might not. I, I don't know. So I had the Lexus and I had the good rear diff and I fucked it up and I sold it. I regret it. Regrettably sold it. That was probably the coolest car that I'd had in my opinion. Um, a lot of people will disagree and say that my camo Volkswagen was the coolest car I had, which was the Lexus was the coolest car I ever had. The, the GTI, the camo GTI was my favorite car I ever had. I get that. It was so much fun, man. Out of everything I've owned, my favorite vehicle that I regret was that 90 model OBS. Yeah. I love an OBS. It has five speed, had the visor. Oh, it's so good. Regular cab, short wheelbase, Z71, perfect. Oh, and it's a Z71. Did it have the, what color was the interior on it? Blue. Oh, yes. I knew it. I knew it was going to be some cool color. Dark blue, navy almost outside. Yeah. Don't ask me, I'm colorblind. If any car companies are listening, please bring back the velour colored interiors. That shit was so had, awesome. Had the little cons or the armrest that would fold out of your center seat. It, was, it wasn't an actual console. It's just a little armrest oh, came out of the good, bench so seat. so good. And I sold it. We all have so many regrets, man. I have a thousand cars that I regret selling. So in that period of time, I owned Volkswagens, a couple more Subarus. I've owned like 20 Subarus. I used to buy them and flip them, and that was how I made money to build my first Jeep. Um, uh, so my first Jeep was a 1999 XJ Sport, which was incredible. And Corey, if you're listening, I still to this day apologize for that road trip that we went on to get this thing. We started out the day this guy was supposed to meet me to pick up a Jeep from him, and we drove three hours into Ohio, and we get there, and the guy flaked. Yeah. We're sitting in the parking lot of, I think it was a Wendy's or something, and we were there for probably two hours, just scrambling Facebook Marketplace, because I was like, I have money in my pocket. I'm buying something. I'm buying a fucking Jeep today. And... Um, we started scouring marketplace and the internet and Craigslist at the time. Oh, the old Craigslist. Yep. Craigslist was still, it was on its way out at the time, but this was the very end days of Craigslist. And, uh, we were trying to find a Jeep and every time we found something, it wasn't really that great. And then we found one in Rio Grande, Ohio, I believe. And I think, so I can't confirm this because my memory is kind of shit. I'm pretty sure the guy that had the Jeep, I am now friends with through other situations, other Jeep things. I don't remember this for sure. It was a maroon XJ. It had black flares on it. It was really kind of tidy. Like it was, I think it was 33s, uh, short arm lift, uh, just like a mild short arm lift. Standard XJ thing. Yeah, standard XJ, especially for like, you know, 2017. 2015, 16, 17, somewhere in that time. 
early 2010s. And uh, I remember we started it, we were listening to it, and Corey had known way more about Jeeps than I did at this point in time. And fun fact, how the bug bit me was Corey took me out to a place called Possum Holler, which I'm not sure if I've taken you there before. I've heard of it. Yeah, so we went out Possum Holler. So basically, Corey has cost us both tons of money. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, fuck off. Uh, Fuck you, but also thank you. Um, So he took me out Possum Holler, and I had a 2012 long bed crew cab F-150 on 35s. And that was 100% my fault, but a horrible idea. I cannot tell you how many times I lost the bedside of trees because if you've ever been up Possum Holler, those of you that are listening that know, that is a very tight place in some spots. That truck does not belong out there. <laughs> so um, that's when the bug bit me, and I was like, okay, well, I can't be driving my you know daily driver truck that I'm making payments on at this point in time to do that. So I started looking for this Jeep. Fast forward, we are making our way back. We went to Rio, checked this one out, and Corey's like, it's making some bottom end noise. It, it could be fine, and it could not. He it's said it's a four liter. It's, it's yeah, fine. it's a four zero. It could make a wrist pin noise and throw the rod tomorrow, or it could throw it six years from now. You never know. Lost my train of thought. I got a text message from a local police officer. Um. So I, ch- I, I, I decided to pass up on the Jeep because I didn't know enough about four O's at this point in time to know that it, it could have been fine. And even if it did blow up, a four O is like 400 bucks around here. Yeah, it's easy to buy a new one and put in. Dime a dozen. I didn't know this at the time. It ended up working out because we were on our way back and we were probably 20 minutes from, I don't know, getting to like Hurricane. And I live in St. Albans. Those of you that don't know, that's, I don't know, probably an hour and a half from Rio, Ohio, and then 15, 20 minutes from my home in St. Albans. So on past that, about another 17 miles down the road is Campbell's Creek in Charleston, West Virginia. Uh, So he found a guy that had a red XJ that he wanted something like that for it. And uh, I said, okay, let's go, let's go check it out. At this point it's dark. Like I'm just at the point where I'm about to, I'm I'm honestly about to fucking buy anything at this point. Yeah. I want a Jeep bad. I'll buy a Samurai if it's in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Samurais. Um, So we pull up into this, uh, trailer park in Campbell's Creek. Um, and it's probably like a mile from the mouth of Sanderson. Um, this thing was a woods toy. Uh, I opened up the door. It smelled like dogs. It was full of hay. This dude used it as like a dog house. Um, I started up. It's, you know, it sounds really good. It's, it's dirty, but it's clean. Like it's got a little bit of rust in some spots, but it's like surface shit, you know, whatever. It's, it's not a big deal. The floors are there. The quote I am air quoting right now, frame rails on yeah, the XJ. <laughs> the frame rails are still there. Um, so Corey pulls a dipstick and he's like, hey, looks like it might have had a little bit of water in the engine. And I said, fine, I'll fucking lowball them and see if the guy takes it. They run like that. Yeah. You know, I said, fuck it. I'll lowball the guy, see if he takes it. Um, Completely stock, mind you. I think it might have had like a inch and a half budget boost lift on it, but yeah, like some pucks or some shit, but it wasn't anything like special. Um, So I offer the guy 1500 bucks for it, and he's like, sure, give me the money. So he just wanted it gone. Been broke ever since. Yeah. And uh, that was when my addiction started. And that's why we are now having this Jeeps Anonymous visit. Uh, So I bring it home. I clean it up. uh, Put a new battery in it because the battery was dead as shit. Um, It had a battery out of like a Honda Civic in it. So it was like a third of the size of what it needed to be. Um, I drained the oil. Put fresh oil in it, excuse me. Put fresh oil in it, and I wheeled it. I took it out, and I beat the fuck out of it. We took it down to East Lynn 
for my first trip in it, and I buried it in a big old mud hole all the way up to the windows. I've got a picture somewhere of my dogs. Like, they're, they're sitting there, and a picture, if you will, a red classic XJ with stock wheels and some BFGs on it. Like I'm talking like the KO2s, like yes, yeah, OG BFGs. Everyone, everyone thinks of came on like the Raptors and shit back in the day. Um, if you hit a mud puddle, it looked like you went through red clay. Like, yeah, they, fucking cakes up. They're garbage. I thought they were great. Uh, <laughs> buried it in a mud hole and picture, if you will, two dogs staring out the window with like the biggest smiles on their face, and the mud is at the bottom of the window. <laughs> So XJ, as, uh, XJ things. Yeah, you know. That, as long as there was rev limiter. Oh, oh, there was a lot of rev limiter. It's, it's XJ life. So they pulled me out of the hole, and, and I hit it again. Well, if you hit it faster, <laughs> you probably yeah. You know, I thought it. you know I cleared the path, so I can do yeah, it again, and it'll get me through yeah. the pass. Uh, so let's see. I had that Jeep for a little while, and then I bought a set of thirty threes for it. Thunderers. Yeah, buddy. I was budget building Did this shit. Did Ling Long make those by chance? I think that's what turned into Ling Long, yeah. Oh, okay. That was Ling Long before Ling Long. I, I get it. Uh, so they were Thunderer track grips, and I remember thinking these were the fucking bee's knees, man. There, I got some cheap 33s to throw on this bitch. Let's do it. I cut the fucking fenders out, you know. I Oh, at one point in time before this, I almost forgot about this part. We went out. And went wheeling in a Possum Holler one time, and I blew a tire. And we towed the Jeep the rest of the way back out, and I, well, out of the mud hole, and then I drove it the rest of the way out on a flat tire on the stock wheel. Did not give a fuck. I had a spare wheel at home. Blown tires are the worst. Yeah, fuck it. So I drove it the rest of the way out, which was like probably a mile and a half, which is a lot on a trail, but it's not really too far. It's fine. Steel wheels. So I didn't have a trailer. Like, I didn't bring it on a trailer that time. I, I just drove it because it it's not far from the house. It's like five minutes That's down the road. That's when everything goes wrong. Every fucking time. Those, those Every are the single time. Four o'clock in the morning days. Oh, yeah. So, um, I park it at the bottom of the hill. And I'm like, I'll just come back and get it tomorrow. Because I had to go to work. At this point, it's like three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I, I got to go to work. Been there. So, I go to work. I come back the next day and I drive by and it's gone. Yeah. Somebody fucking stole it. So I, I rally the troops. Right. We take like three or four Jeeps up into Possum Holler, start scouring around looking for clues, trying figure to figure it's out. somewhere. Yeah, you know, some shit like that. Uh, we go all the way through Possum Holler. We can't find anything. I'm like at this point, I'm drunk and don't care because I'm just like mad. Whatever. whatever, man. I'm so mad. I just don't give a fuck anymore. Um, we come around the backside, and there's a church there. And there's a little road that comes by. We come around that road, and... If you've ever been on 817, across the across 817 and the railroad tracks, there's like a uh, uh, Capital City Auto Auction. So there's an auction yard there with like all these new cars that are getting auctioned off. Well, there's a railroad track that runs through, the, through between there and where we were. And just by some odd chance, my friend Chase just sees the back of the Jeep buried in the weeds. And we pull over there and we go up and check... They stole my light bar and my light pods. How dare they? Not my eBay light pods. Not exactly. Like that was like fifteen dollars. Yeah, dude, this was some bullshit. Like I was mad. I was real. Tracking back a little bit. Uh, lost my train of thought. My ADD kicks in really bad sometimes, and I forget what I'm talking about. Uh, same. So. I can tell you now the two current hosts and the future hosts you're going to meet. It's it's going to be a shit show. Yeah. Just, you just got to hold on. We're going to circle back, but it's going to be a ride to get there. It had seen quite a few trips to East Lynn. It had seen a few trips to Rush. Um, I remember old Rush. Old Rush. This was Dust in the Red Clay. Um, the XJ went on to get. Long arms and boggers, as we all do. Um, you shared a memory of that today, actually. I did. I did actually share that on my... Two doors and boggers. It just yeah. it hit different. And you had no mustache either. Yeah, that was before, uh, that was before my mustache days. It, it felt wrong. 
I don't know if it was the XJ or the mustache. I don't really know which. When I became a dad, the mustache became me. I get that. Yeah. Um, I wish I could grow a mustache like Shu can. However, my genetics are not in my favor for that. Shu has the ultimate mustache. Like, he can twirl it and everything. Did you see the pictures from my wedding? I was at your wedding. Okay. I couldn't remember. There was So, to be fair, my wedding was like a blur to me. <laughs> to be fair, your bartender couldn't pour bush light. So, every time I got a bush light, he gave me like four cups. Yeah. Uh, had the XJ for a while. It had some boggers, had some two doors on it. Um, they were 33s. It was never anything special. 33s and an 8.8 Chrysler? Third, no, it was eight and a quarter. What? Or With, eight and a quarter. Sorry. It I was, a, yeah. Up. So it was an eight and a quarter. It was still stock axles, high pinion, 30, eight and a quarter rear. Um, it had a Spartan rot locker in the front and welded in the rear. I think it was still welded boggers on 10 inch wide wheels, which is a horrible idea. Um, it had a Rusty's long arm, which I am not going to shout out because that long arm was dog water. So fast forwarding, uh, I sold the red XJ. It's, it was called cliff by the way. Um, shocker Clifford, the little red Jeep. Um, I sold it to a gentleman known as sweatpants. Sweatpants is hat. Who had your had Cliff? So he bought Cliff off of me. I did not know that. It was, I feel really bad about this. Like it had nothing to do with me, but it just sucks for him because he, I don't remember how much he bought the Jeep for my XJ, but I know it was, it was fair enough that he couldn't build one for that price himself. However, it was probably a little bit more than what an XJ would still sell for back then. And that's so let's let's get this uh, moving in here. To I sold the red XJ, and the reason I sold it is because Corey wanted me to buy his EJ. Well, Corey didn't want me to buy his EJ. Corey convinced me. That as EJ was better. Damn you, Corey. Costing he, us money. <laughs> that motherfucker. Both of us. Convince me that as EJ was better. So I had to go take a piss break and I lost my train of thought. So, anyways, yeah. um, I forgot what I was talking about. So I'm going to go ahead and carry into ZJ. The ZJ. ZJ. That's um, how, this is how everything has started. Truly. Yeah. It me, really is. You, Zach, it's everything. All he has a ZJ. Grand Cherokees. Um, don't you can't blow up a five nine five two ZJ versus a four zero? That's where we were. Nah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so Corey had talked to me, the guy that owns Atlas Alpha Road. He had talked to me about, hey man, just buy a ZJ. At this point, I had found out that I was going to have a kid. I was going to be a dad, and I was like, damn, I need some more room. Adult problems. Yeah, adult problems. Turns out to be one of the greatest things that ever happened to me in my entire life. I get that. So, uh, I started looking for ZJs. Uh, I sold the XJ. I started looking for ZJs. Uh, so, I find a hunter green forest metallic ZJ, which is Jay. my... Favorite color. I love pearlescent. It Z- is jade. So those of you that don't know, shout out your Instagram name. Yeah. What is your Let Instagram? What is your Instagram? Uh, name? That's a good question. Do you say you don't remember your own Instagram name? I think it's a <laughs> underscore Bartram, but don't quote me on that. A underscore B A R T R A M one. All right. So, from there, you can find my Facebook or my YouTube, which I do have a YouTube. Yes, yeah, pretty interesting videos of the ZJ on YouTube. 304 Ridge Riders. So, leading back into the ZJ thing, um, so I bought a ZJ for $1,500 again. There's a trend when it comes to me buying Jeeps. Every Jeep I have ever bought and built. I spent so, less than $1,500, except for my white one. Spoiler alert, the big white one, the new one that I just built. Rocklander. Guess how much I spent for that. 25 
attaboy. Yeah, I'll tell you about it here in a second. Um, monologue. So let's revisit back to where I was in my ZJ. Um, backtracking. I bought a green Grand Cherokee for fifteen hundred dollars off of Dude Fab. Those of you that don't know Dude Fab, um. I'm sure you could probably Google his name. He builds some of the SEMA trucks that have become popular over the last few years. He does the big trucks that have like 20-inch lift kits and some crazy stuff. He did an old Dodge, I believe, that was a teal-colored old Dodge crew cab truck that was big wheels and big lift kit and... What has become popular over the last couple of years. Um, he also did the Barbie Jeep. That was like a big deal. Like the Daytona Jeep meat stuff. Or the Jeep Beach stuff. Um, that pink JK. I believe it was. Maybe even a JL. I'm not 100% sure. Um, he built the suspension on that. As well as the 12 valve. 12 valve pink Barbie Dodge. I guess you would call it. I'm sorry, I'm not really versed on this stuff. Dude, basically at the core of it, the dude builds some pretty badass stuff. He um, also does his own trusses for the 10.5s and the 05 up Super Duty axles because a lot, I guess, a lot of that, a lot of his customers use those axles. But yeah, he built the teal colored. I think it's a Jeep Wagoneer that was on like a 10, 20 inch lift kit that had airbag suspension and all that other stuff and like 20, 30 inch wheels on it and big duct stuff. He also built, um, at the time when I bought the Jeep off of him, he had a old military truck that had boggers on it, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, so the origin of my green Jeep, which... Those of you that want to look up my Instagram, my Instagram is Dumpster Niner. Uh, That name came from the fact that my green Jeep, which was a green ZJ that I bought off DudeFab, was a green ZJ, and it looked like the Waste Management Dumpsters. It was the same color. It was beat up, and it had originally had a 4.0 in it, I wheeled it for a little while. I bought a Iron Rock long arm for it, which is, interestingly enough, the same Iron Rock long arm that is on my white Jeep that I have now. So um, I put an Iron Rock rock link under it and it had a high pinion Dana 30 that I got from an XJ. An 8.8. Yep, and an 8.8. Uh, originally it was an 8.8 that had an LSD rear end in it that I put extra clutches in. Um, and the Dana 30 in the front had a Spartan locker for a long time. It was open, but it was a Spartan locker. So I bought the ZJ. Um, I bought the iron rock rock links for it, which is a single triangulated rear end rear uh, four link and a three link front end. And I bought, I used Rubicon or not Rubicon. I used Rusty's springs on it. I don't know why I did that to this day. I try to recall why I did that. And I don't know why. Um, I put the lift kit on the Jeep. It had 33s on it and I took it out and it was a five and a half inch lift. I wheeled it for a little while and I dropped springs like crazy. So I decided at my next deployment, when I left for overseas, I came back with some money and I decided I was going to buy uh, metal cloak springs for it. I had found somebody that had ran them before on some of the ZJ pages and that's where I came up with the idea for what size metal cloak springs I was going to run on it. These are dual rate springs for those of you that don't know that will allow it to droop more without pulling the spring out of the perch so 
because of that, I now have a lot of down travel, but it still stays seated. Um, I had came back from that deployment, and I was on 35s at the time. Um, Corey and Atlas Off-Road were starting to really pick up some speed. We had had a grand opening day for him. So to this day, um, I ran a high pinion 30 and an 8.8. To this day, right now, I still have the same 8.8 Explorer rear end under my Jeep that I ran from day one, and I have never broke it, ever. I went... It has been abused. I went from a four-liter in line six. I swapped my green Jeep. I had found a deal for $1,000 for a 5.9 Limited Grand Cherokee, which they only made for one year. It had a 5.9 Magnum... The ECU was tuned to run off of 93 octane, which is a 5.9 only thing. Um, the 5.9s in 1998 were the only ones that had electric cooling fans for the radiator and the accumulators for the air conditioner. Um, and they had a 46 RE transmission versus the 44 RE that came in the 5.2s. They also made 230 horsepower. I think I may be wrong. I've been drinking, and I don't have Google in front of me. I'm pretty sure I got a 6.4 in my future at an 8-speed. Cinder bubs. I want it bad. Um, so, at the time, I swapped the 5.9 drivetrain in. Uh, I had gone overseas, and those of you that are my military followers, you know, when we come back from a deployment, we got a whole lot of money. Uh, and on top of that, I also had some of the, um, I had some of the COVID money coming in as well. So I spent you call- some of that on my son, bought him some nice stuff too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a scumbag dad. I bought my kids some cool shit. I also bought myself some stuff on top of that. Listen, listen, half the money was for him. Half the money was for me. I'm going to spend what was for me on me. I bought myself some stuff. I was single at the time. I didn't have a girlfriend. I lived alone. I had a mortgage paid for myself. I can spoil myself, you motherfuckers. At that time, Jade, which was my green ZJ, was on 38 Mickey Thompson Baja Pro XSs, which were the DOT tires. Um, The reason I got the DOT tires was because I was planning on driving on the road here and there. What's your ambitions for this podcast? I want to see... I want to interview people. I want to see stories from people like Corey, Adam, Eric Beck. I want to get Billy and Bobby from the Good Evening Ranch on here. Mm-hmm. I would like to hear their stories about how the Good Evening Ranch came up, like as far as rock crawling goes. I, get that. I want to hear about like uh, I know they have stories of the rock crawling at the Good Evening Ranch back in like the seventies and eighties, nineties. I want to hear about that shit. I want to hear about that kind of stuff. I want to talk about the local companies that want to work with us. Yeah. Do you want to know a good name we could get on here one day? Mark Maynard. Senator. Yeah. That dude is cool as shit. He's a ZJ guy. He has a 5'9 ZJ. Hell yeah. That he wheels with. I'm just trying to have fun. Talk to some people. Spread some knowledge. I don't know about you, Julian. My main goal is to blow up and then act like I don't know nobody. Yeah, <laughs> fuck everybody. So if you come across this podcast and you either do or don't know us, don't really care either way. Yeah. Um, we would love to hear your ideas feedback. of feedback. What can we can change? What we can make better or worse? So. We'll go ahead and send this toward the outro. 
my idea for this podcast is uh, kind of a it's it's just us hanging out, BSing, shop talk. Um, what are you working on? What are you doing? Let's do this. So, if you're listening right now, I'm going to make a Facebook. My plan is to make a Facebook page for this podcast. Solid. And then post from there. But I'm thinking this is our general intro. This is what we're doing. This is what we expect. So, from there, it's open to suggestions. So, if y'all want to hear something, we'll talk about it. If you're listening right now, we want to hear on whatever you're listening on, or if you can find us on Facebook or Spotify, Facebook, Facebook Spotify, Instagram, Buzzsprout, whatever. whatever. Even if it's on WV, comment right now. What you want to hear? I want to hear what the first modification you think should be done to any trail rig you'd ever do. Hey guys, this is Adam here. So I wanted to go ahead and put something together to get this thing going, but be honest with you we had some setbacks getting this first one together a lot of sidetracking a lot of unrelated matters and got a little deep in the bourbon toward the end but if you bear with us we're we're learning as we go i just wanted to get episode one started and figured maybe you'll find the humor in our first try but this was episode one hope you'll come back and we'll catch you guys later